You're listening to a CNA podcast. Hi, guys. I want to tell you about something that happened to me in 2018. I was on the train in Singapore on a Sunday. It was about one in the afternoon. Sitting across from me was an older man. Suddenly, the young couple sitting next to him shouted, He's taking photos of you. He's trying to zoom up your skirt. I was caught off guard and I didn't know what to do. The man disembarked at the next station, not saying a word. I filed a police report, but like many cases of voyeurism and harassment, the perpetrator was not caught. The Me Too movement that swept across North America has changed the conversations we have around sexual harassment and gender inequality. And now it's reached the shores of Taiwan. In this episode of CNA Correspondent, Victoria Jen tells us about the Me Too campaign on the island and what prompted the surge in advocacy. Hi, Vic. Hi. I'm so glad to be talking about this with you because for victims, you know, often the hardest part is speaking about what happened. And in a place like Taiwan, one of the most progressive democracies in Asia, harassment and sexual violence have been taboo topics for many for a very long time. Can you tell us why? Well, it's quite ironic, isn't it? One of the reasons is because um, victims don't want to ruin relationships with people, especially at workplaces. Now, it's very important to keep good relationship at workplace to climb the corporate ladder. So they're afraid that by speaking up, it might make them seem like troublemakers and put their jobs at risk. Another reason that keep many women from reporting sexual harassment is largely due to the lack of evidence. Now, a lot of them don't think that they have enough evidence to prove that they were harassed, so they decided to keep silent. All that changed, though, right, with a Netflix program, of all things. I personally haven't seen the series, but I watched the trailer. The program is called Wave Makers, and it looks like your typical political drama, you know, campaign staffers in the run-up to a presidential election in Taiwan. But Vic, there was something about it that really struck viewers. What was it? Well, in this iconic scene, a young female aide told her mentor that harassment she had endured from a male colleague. Instead of telling her to let go, the mentor told her, and I quote, let's not just let this one go, okay? We can't let things go easily. Otherwise, we will wither away and die, unquote. Now, the scene has prompted a former DPP staffer to post on Facebook on how her supervisor asked her to bury her sexual harassment claim. And that post went viral and motivated many people to come forward. And that's how the movement started. And the scene clearly resonated with many female viewers who were often asked to let go of their sexual harassment claims. Wow. So art imitating life in that example. And at the heart of the TV report that you put together on this issue is a woman named Jenny. You sat down with her and she shared her story with you. First off, how did you find her? And secondly, how comfortable was she to tell you her story? Well, Jenny Chen is a friend of mine, so she was quite comfortable about telling me her experience. And she said her male colleague brushed through her hair intimately during a work discussion. And that uncomfortable gesture made her stand up and leave right away. But she didn't file a complaint because she was afraid that nobody would believe her. 
and she thought that it could also make her seem like a troublemaker, which could cost her her job. And worst of all, she was so scared of the man that she would try to avoid him at work. But now that after the Me Too movement, she said she would have more courage to speak up. Now let's hear what Jenny had to say. Because nobody was around, and I wasn't sure there was a surveillance camera. If I spoke out, nobody would believe me. If you speak up now, more people will believe you. So that encourages more victims to come forward and talk about their experience. Her story, unfortunately, Vic, is not unique.、Uh, and some stories involving men from the upper echelons of business and government in Taiwan have also started coming out of the woodwork too. Can you tell us about those? Yes, the Me Too wave has started in the political circle, with at least ten people linked to the ruling Democratic Progressive Party have been implicated. And this has led both President Tsai Ing-wen and Vice President William Lai to issue public apologies. The wave further swept to academia, culture, and even entertainment industry. Allegations were made against famous celebrities like Mickey Huang, Nono, Aaron Yang, and Blackie Chan. They have all been forced to withdraw from the spotlight ever since. Now. People are very shocked at these stories because these celebrities have kept、uh, quite a positive image, and there's speculation that more celebrities may have been involved in sexual harassment, but they just haven't been reported yet. Could just be scratching the surface. Can you talk a bit more about what the public's response to those stories have been?、Uh, you mentioned they were shocked.、Uh, have people expressed how shocking this all is for them? Uh, yes, basically they are really shocked because a lot of these celebrities are very popular figures in Taiwan, and then、uh, they have very positive image to many of the viewers, and so that they are very disappointed in that you know some of their idols would actually engage in such crimes. A lot of them are very shocked, and this is something that they talk about、um, almost every single day. It's on the news every single day. Mm-hmm. All right, stay with us. Coming up, these conversations, these testimonies are being heard. Even the Taiwan legislature is taking steps to provide more protection for victims. Details after this short break. Hello, everyone. My name is Crispina, and I'm Adrian, and we're the hosts of a podcast called Work It. If you've never heard of it, well, it's a good time to tap in. In the last twenty episodes, we've discussed topics like how to negotiate for a salary increase, or how to get along with younger colleagues who have different values from you, which incidentally is our top performing episode. If work consumes your life and you want some perspective on issues like management, stress, even office romance, then this podcast should be on your list. A new episode drops every Monday. Catch us on the CNA app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Now listen to this stat from Taiwan's labor ministry. A survey they conducted showed as many as eighty percent of those who experienced sexual harassment in the workplace did not file a complaint. Some say it's because they've lost faith in the system. But Vic, the system is changing, isn't it? That's right. The movement has prompted the government to push for amendment on Taiwan's equality laws. 
Employers who commit sexual harassment will now face fines as large as thirty-two thousand U.S. dollars and as long as three years in prison under the revised legislation. Other amendments will strengthen the appealing process and legal counseling for victims of sexual harassment, so they will provide more protection and enhance sexual harassment prevention. But when can we expect to see change in workplaces in Taiwan? How long is this going to take? What's going to happen next? Well, the amendments are now at the legislature for approval, and they're likely to be passed at the end of this month. Now, in addition to the legislature, the government is also going to raise public awareness of sexual harassment through education. Women rights groups are also providing legal counseling to victims、um, and channels where they can file complaints. So we're definitely going to see more victims coming forward. Victim blaming culture often prevents women from coming forward as well. And even with my own experience, Vic, I was wearing a knee-length dress that day I was on the train, and I've often wondered, you know, did I do anything? Was I to blame in any way? Do you think that victim blaming culture is changing in Taiwan? Yes, it's definitely changing after the Me Too movement. Women rights group I interviewed said that the number of phone calls on sexual harassment complaints has increased tenfold since the movement began, and more women feel that it's not their fault that they were sexually harassed. And even those who are in doubt or willing to come forward and request for help. Now I spoke to Wang Yuehao. She's the executive director for the Garden of Eden Foundation, and here's what she had to say. Since the movement, victims have realized it's not just them, but many others too. This helps break the silence and isolation, forcing Taiwanese society to take sexual harassment more seriously and encouraging more victims to come forward. And after covering this story, speaking to your friend Jenny, talking to so many advocates and survivors, has your view of being a woman in Taiwan changed, Vic? Well, I have to say that as a woman here, I do feel more empowered by the movement. I've also become more aware that I don't have to be a silent victim. There are now harsher laws against sexual harassment, and they make me feel more safe than before. And I think men also have become more aware about what they say and what they do may have consequences. So the movement has definitely changed Taiwan and made it a safer place for women. That's great. Thank you so much, Vic, for joining me today. I'm so glad that we and so many others are having this conversation. Thank you. The TV version of CNA Correspondent airs on CNA every Wednesday at 9:30 p.m. Catch up with them anytime on cna.asia. The team behind this episode is Sia Win, Clara Ong, Crispina Robert, and me, Teresa Tang. Until next time.